Welcome to The Intuitive Edge, episode 166. Today's guest, Ahmed Bouzet. He's the CEO of Whitlingo. Welcome to The Intuitive Edge. I'm Victoria Lynn Weston, your host. I'm an intuitive business consultant, entrepreneur, and founder of Studio Carlton. We're producers and developers of Amazon Alexa skills. I love to think big and, and embrace bold ideas and do the unpredictable when it comes to helping business owners and professionals expand their brand, gain recognition, and attract new clients. The future is here, and it's all about voice. Check out StudioCarlton.com. Ahmed Bouzid launched Witlingo in February 2016. He's the former product head of Amazon Alexa and the former vice president of product of Angel.com. Witlingo became an official preferred partner of Google Assistant. In 2017, Witlingo was one of the first voice recognition providers to launch a brand company on all three platforms. It's pretty incredible. Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and Microsoft Cortano. Since, the company has launched its voice first portal for all three platforms. Witlingo launched Castlingo. It's a microcasting service. You got to pay attention because everybody needs to learn about microcasting. There's huge benefits. Currently, Witlingo enables users to mint audio NFTs directly from its platforms. We all know about digital NFTs and they're hot right now, but the future is all about voice. So check out how you can benefit from your own minting of an audio NFT. When Ahmed was a little boy, the first question I asked him was, what did you dream about? And he said he dreamt about being a pilot. But little did he know his destiny was all about him being a genius in the technology world. Ahmed, I welcome you to the podcast. So you founded Witlingo, which I think is like one of the coolest names in the world because I just like <laughs> I just like Wit. I mean, nothing gets sassier than saying, "Hey, I'm the I'm the owner of Witlingo." You know. So how did you come up with that name? Uh, uh, yeah, there's a story behind it actually. Uh, first of all, uh, when I launched in 2016, uh, it's a it's a it's a voice company. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, um, so it has to have at least three syllables, because if you want a, a robot to understand you, it's got to have enough signal. So it can't be one syllable kind of a thing. It's got to be. So that was one of the criteria. Right. Um, and the number two criteria, um, number two criterion was a name. I, I said one of the requirements is when I type the name, nothing must come up. Right. Yeah. Uh, because I was in a company before that. And that company's name was Angel. Okay. Now go ahead and type angel and tell you what you find, right? You find, you know, you find religion and, and porn, right? That's what you find. Yeah. Uh, and so so that was one of the requirements. It's got to be where if I type the name with lingo, nothing comes out. And sure enough, I typed with lingo, nothing came out. It's like perfect. Um, so therefore, you know, whatever will come up in the future is going to be us. And then the third, there were two companies in my space that, uh, that I sort of I admired and I liked them. They were cool. One of them was called Wit.ai, mm -hmm. and the other one was called V-Lingo. V-Lingo. Right? I like that one. Yeah, V-Lingo. So they they both and they both had a story behind them. The first one is natural language, and they were really smart and all, and I like I liked what they did. And the other one was sort of like a story behind it is like a David and a Goliath story between a big company and them, and and they, they were very scrappy, but they they you know they held their ground and they did well and so forth. 
And so I said, let me see if I can combine these names. Now, so I played around with wits, lingo. That sounds good. Type with lingo. Okay, that's three syllables. And then it just sounded good, and I bounced it off folks, and, and then everybody said, this is a cool name. And so I said, let's do it. That's pretty cool. So so you, you did some brainstorming there, but I want to go back in yeah. and see, like, that the inspiration behind launching this company in general was was there a little nudge or a little intuitive flash that kind of helped you take the leap, so to speak? Well, I have been in the human, it's called human language technology forever, right? Which is like speech recognition, natural language processing and all that. I've always been entrepreneurial, even within companies, you know, as head of product. And so it's all about innovation, 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 moving fast. And so, uh, and I did launch a company before that. And then I went to Amazon. I was part of the Alexa team that launched the Amazon Echo. And so for me, the next step in my career was I got to be, uh, and especially at the time, turned out pretty well in terms of the growth of the voice space. I said, this is the time where I need to be, I ha- I've, got, I've gotten enough uh, experience. Uh, I have the urge, I've always had the urge to get to do something that I that's, a, that's from scratch that doesn't exist at all, right? Including the name, and just just do it, right? And so, so I did it in early 2016. We launched the company, and um, and we've been we've been uh, growing uh, uh, since then, um, focusing on on audio and voice, uh, and sort of just evolving with uh, with the space as it evolves itself um, into something much bigger than I, than I thought it was going to be. Okay, so we're kind of moving in from being tethered to our desktop and being more free and and dealing with content like Amazon Echo devices that, you know, that we can access via our voice. So tell me, why is voice and voice search really important, particularly for companies? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, it is important for companies because it's important for people. And now let me explain what that means. Just like you said, right, we used to be tethered. We used to be tethered to a computer within a specific location, <clears throat> meaning, you know, okay, you have a computer only in the office. At home, you didn't have a computer way back, right? Mm-hmm. And then we introduced the computer at home, right, uh, the PC. Um, and then uh, then the cloud came in because the PC came before the cloud. And remember, you know, you have a PC, you have to buy software, install it. Then the cloud came in, so now you could do your work anywhere with the laptop. And then smartphones came in, and now you could do email, not only when you are sitting in front of a laptop, you can do email when you're walking around or whatever, right? Um, you can have also your phone call wherever you are. So the mobility, the ability to do things while you're mobile was the next iteration. After that, if you, if you, if you notice, all of these, you know, the laptop, the smartphone, all of these are the devices that require you to look at something and type something. They are... They make their eyes busy and hands busy devices, right? Yeah. And so the next liberation was how do we go from there to a place where we can consume information while doing something else, while folding my um, laundry, while preparing my food, while taking care of my um, you know car under the hood, find out if the, you know if the post office is open. I don't have to clean my hands and go and do and just ask, right? Ask. So it's it's all about liberating us from something, liberating us from desktop, liberating us from a specific place, um, liberating now liberating us from your, uh, our eyes um, and, and hands when they are busy. When they're not busy, then of course we still use the laptop and all. But when they are, then we have this um, this thing. So now. 
people are use, are using these things for real. When when I'm in my car and I want to find um, the closest Walmart, I'll just say, I just push that button and say closest Walmart, and and then I get directions and it, and it takes me all the way there. People are using them, using them. People are using now search, using voice that is to search for things to say. You know, what's uh, is there is there a uh, is there a tire store near me when I'm driving, right? Yeah. Um, and I just ask. You know what? The one that's gonna come first is not random. The one's gonna come first is the one who has taken voice search seriously because Google and all that they will give you back uh, when you speak something, when you ask something, they'll give you back um, something different than when you type it because when people type, they don't type. Can you provide me with the closest? They just, they just type. Uh, they just type. What is it? Um, you know, tire store nearby, right? But when yeah. people talk, they don't say tire store nearby. They say. Uh, give me the closest because that's how we talk, you know, naturally. It's called natural language. We we, we talk and speak in uh, we speak in full sentences and, and longer sentences. And so, what one needs to do, uh, you know, the SEO, right? The, the people who are coding up their uh, pages and and creating tags and all and all, they need to make sure that they do the work what's that's required so that when somebody does a voice search, they come up on top because you know in voice. It's not like you're looking at a page. In a voice, you're not looking at anything. The one that comes on top is the one that wins. Exactly. So more, right. So if you're a tire company and maybe you're a mom and pop store and maybe you're a corporation and you have you know a chain of them that – so let's look at the mom and pop tire company. Yep. It's a lot like what happened in whenever the internet came out in the, in the 90s or whatever. And a lot of these brick-and-mortar stores said, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just stay – and all those companies went out of business. <laughs> so to me, it's kind of like it's a no-brainer. Here we are with even a newer, more exciting, more yeah. engaging, you know, platform in which to promote your company. And if those companies, especially you know the smaller, you know, independent-owned companies, don't get on with voice, they're going to be they're going to be gone again. They're going to be yeah, out of business. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if if let's say you're you you are a car repair shop, uh, let's say a windshield sh- uh, shop, right? Yeah. And there are there are four of you in the area. Uh, the one, the one who has the right SEO, meaning they take care of the website when people type, and also when they, uh, when somebody speaks, they will get the business. I mean, we're talking about big dollars coming in, right? Um, you know, uh, if they're on top, they're definitely gonna crush the competition. Uh, and so this is meaning, voice search is not becoming a serious thing. It's not like one percent. We're getting into 30, 40, 50 percent of people are doing voice search. And then folks who are not paying attention, um, I think right now a lot of people are not paying attention. So, but as soon as some someone is gonna start start clobbering, uh, you know, a whole bunch of folks because they're doing voice search, people are gonna wake up. So yeah, it is definitely a big thing right now to uh, to get into as soon as possible. Well, I've certainly been on the bandwagon the last couple of years since, you know, my company, and we produce, you know, custom Amazon Alexa skills for that, as I'm sure you do a lot of that as well. But just at a minimum, all companies need to partner with whomever is out there uh, just to be on a, a voice search. But mm-hmm. let, me, let me ask you this, though. I'm a big fan of Amazon Alexa. I think that's the best way for professionals and companies to engage and their audience, expand their audience on a voice-activated, data-driven platform. And I know Google's out there, but what's yours? I mean, when you are producing, you know, uh, voice platforms, do you use primarily Amazon Alexa, or do you segue over to what I consider more utilitarian, like a Google? Well, right now, our money really is coming from. Audio, uh, short form audio, right? In web pages, websites, and so forth. What we've discovered is, uh, like as I was saying, right? SEO is the name of the game. There's a lot of money in SEO and so forth. So if you help folks 
use SE as uh, use audio to increase the, the the authority of the website. Their website, um, you know, uh, their web pages come back because, for example, people are staying longer on the web pages. Um, that's where a lot of money is. We still do uh, Alexa now uh, compared. I mean, Alexa is good for certain things, not others. Google is good for certain things, not others, right? Yeah. Uh, and so um, most of our clients are on both. So we deliver uh, just to one. They don't want to be on both. Um, but I don't have any preference as such uh, as far as Alexa versus Google. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of potential, right? Potential for companies to do audio uh, beyond those platforms. I mean, microcasting is one of the things you're seeing uh, grow uh, on our end and so forth. Well, I think it's very important for you know companies to be on Amazon and Alexa because I think the future is here. You mm -hmm. talk about, which is cool because I, I saw this before with what you were doing. In fact, I think you were one of the first a couple of years ago that did this microcast. I mean, yes, I yes. saw it on Amazon uh, Alexa, I mean, an mm -hmm. Amazon page, you know, the Alexa skills. At the time, I thought it was cool, and it's still in the back of my head because I want to do that as well. And it's yeah. been two years, and I still haven't had time to do it. But tell us, what is a microcast, and why should companies in particular launch one? Yeah, yeah. Well, a microcast is basically um, a – I'm going to – I don't want to call it a podcast, but that is short form because it is it's, – it's a different beast. But let's just for the purposes of, of uh, starting from somewhere – it's basically a podcast of, of you know, of two, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes max, right? Short audio, right? Um, with hopefully greater frequency, right? So use cases would be, let's say your company sends out a newsletter every week, right? Wouldn't it be interesting to have in the newsletter a message from the CEO to the customers, um, that gives color to the um, to the news and shows them that the CEO cares about the customers, um, or somebody from customer care, or the you know employee of the month, or whatever it may be, some kind of a literal voice of the company uh, because voice has emotion, voice has you know has uh, brings you closer, makes you know it takes text you know it looks like just a company or not, just a company with a logo and a website and so forth. And turns it into oh these are human beings behind this and so it brings you closer to the brand. Um, so imagine a microcast and it would be just that it would be microcast and every week they they publish uh, an audio about what's going on. For example, I I Ahmed Bouzid I publish a newsletter every I and my team my team mainly is the one who does the work. I just you know behind it. Um, we launch a newsletter called Sonic Sunday. It's every Sunday morning. It goes out with you know some couple of articles here, you know a couple of data points there, all you know just making marketers and targeted toward marketers be aware of what's happening in the audio, Sonic, Alexa, Voice Word, and all that, right? And so along with the newsletter, there's an audio that's on, and the newsletter itself is public. We send it as an email, but it's also published on a, on a, on webs on the website, and we have an archive of them. So if you go to our web page, you'll see all those articles, but you'll see also an audio there. And it's just me uh, talking about the newsletter, right, giving, giving color to it. And so when somebody lands there, <clears throat> they're able to listen to me and they're able to at the same time, which is important versus video, they're able to peruse because their eyes are not captive, they peruse the page um, and listen to what I have to say. And I don't talk for too long. I talk for maybe two, three minutes max. Usually try to keep it to listen to, and uh, it just gives it something original, something colorful. Also brings them closer to me. They hear my voice. They know it's me. I'm a human. I'm you know I'm not a robot. I'm a human being, and I I'm here. And uh, 
and you know, I'm, I'm sharing uh, this moment with you. And it just and and then the the, the, the one one concrete thing is people stay longer as a result. They stay longer on that page. Which oh, really? Is, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Then I know that you produce this and, and develop it for you know business owners and professionals on the witlingo.com website, and I think mm-hmm. it's extremely inexpensive. I mean, you started nine ninety five. I mean, yes. So <laughs> it's and then it goes up to yeah, hundred bucks a month. <laughs> but even then, at a minimum, which obviously that whole personal intimate conversation with somebody via a microcast what do you do then so if i'm interested in having a microcast and i knock 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 on your door Mm -hmm. and i say Mm -hmm. ahmed i need a microcast tell me what i need to do yeah well we are a product company tool uh tool basically it's a software as a service tool you register you have an account you're able to uh, record audio right there we upload you're able to upload the audio and then you say, I want this, this, and that to be part of the microcasts. And then you say, click, and it's out, right? And, uh, and then we create uh, the things behind the scenes for you. You are like a flash briefing, and also it becomes a microcast in the sense that it gets pushed to all the main pra- platforms um, so that in a couple of days, you're out there. And then from that point on, you're, all you do really is upload an audio. And then if you want to schedule it, you can schedule it or can go right there and then slow out, out in life. So it's really a no-brainer for a marketer who is a very busy person because they do a million things, right, to go and create an audio. They, let's, for example, let's say to their CEO, Mrs. CEO, can you please go here, just click on that record, just say whatever you want to say, or here's what you should say for about a minute, and then you're done. And then they go and record, and it gets sent to uh, behind the scenes to the Wittlingo portal, meaning they log in, they see it, they can do whatever they want to do. They can put it in, on. Uh, they can take a, an, an embed and put it in their website or they can push it to be a flash briefing and so forth. So that's that's easy as that. Um, do you think people still use flash briefings? They, yes, I, I do uh, believe that people, uh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a flash briefing that um, that is very focused on something useful like organic food or financial advice. Uh, people still do have them in their um, – but yes, definitely, people use flash briefings. What we do is we allow them to publish on flash briefings, but also on all of the platforms for um, you know for podcasting. That's where pe- most so of the consumption So in other words, this goes, so you don't only just produce this microcast, which I think is really important because, as mm-hmm. you know, most people out there still don't get it on the voice platform. And, and so it's, yeah. it's like trying to not just inspire and motivate, but you have to you know fill in the, uh, the mm-hmm. blanks of where it goes. So you actually help them produce this audio. And then you help them get it distributed on, I guess, all the usual podcast things like Spotify yeah, yeah. and Pandora and iHeart, all that kind of exactly. stuff, which is yeah, super yeah. cool. So that means yeah. that people, maybe they're a chef or maybe they're, yeah. like you say, yeah. a financial consultant or yeah. they just like to talk. I mean, so they got That's their true. own thing and then you help them do that. Yeah. But, but I go back to the price of all of this, and, and I think it's such a nominal thing for somebody to yeah. incorporate that into their branding and marketing and really be able to expand and engage their audience because I still think it's an intuitive process on your half that you think this audio is almost more important on an intimate level to keep people engaged on the simplest platform is a website and then obviously yeah. on, on Amazon Alexa as well. Yeah, so yeah, I exactly. I encourage everybody out there to go check Thank out you. the microcast on Ahmed's company Witlingo. Let's go on and talk about this. You also are very driven, I guess it was the word, or you're very entrepreneurial. And with that <laughs> comes highly intuitive individual in that. You, I'm going to go back to, I guess it goes back to the Witlingo enables broadcasters to talk back. So we talked about yes. the microcast, but you started something else yes, yes. that people, 
on a website, you have it there, and they can actually talk back, and it's recorded. So tell mm-hmm. me about that. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you think about the progression of the web, let's just think about the web, right? The web started with only some really geeky people being able to do things, right? And then I know the same thing with the PC as a device and so forth. And then it just started progressing. And then and then blogging website, uh, blogging tools starts to emerge, right? So people who could blog without without having to like go and have an ISP account and so forth, they could just go to blogger.com, create an account, right? And then it became easier and easier and easier. Um, to the point where we got into a point now where it's social media, or Twitter, right? Twitter, where anybody can go and express themselves in tweets, right? Yeah. So the progression has always been very expert to everybody, right? Same thing with, with podcasting. I remember when it started, it wasn't called podcasting many, many years ago. I think in the early 2000s, it was called voice blogging, right? Voice blogging. Vlogging, yeah. <laughs> vlogging, right? And so like, what is this vlogging, right? And, and then with with Apple getting into the, you know, giving it a name and then it becoming a, a thing. And now, and then I think in 2000, I don't know, 11 or 12, whatever, there was a couple of big, big associations for podcasts, like podcast movement, uh, you know, came into. So people started calling themselves, I am a podcaster and I do a podcast, right? And so forth. Now, I think the next iteration in that for voice is how do we enable folks who don't have time, uh, they have things to say, but they don't have time to go and and do like you, which is it's effort, right? You have to coordinate with me and so forth and, and do uh, you know a whole half hour and so on and, and produce it. It's just a lot of effort, but it's an investment that you're making. But there is a whole world of people who know a lot of things out there who could um, who could share their knowledge um, and not more than their knowledge. They're, you know, let's say, for example, a funny person just a funny person like there are people who are funny yeah. but they are not comedians but i am like my brother is the funniest the very funniest person in the world bar none when i sit with him i'm always laughing right and i'm always thinking damn i wish he could just i could he could just sit down every day and just say a couple of his wacky things and share them with the world right uh-huh. now imagine all of that wasted beautiful you know energy and creativity and knowledge being uh, channeled and enabled so that folks can easily, quickly, right? When somebody has an inspiration or has a, somebody comes up with a poetic line, you know, there are people who are just talented, but they're not, they don't see themselves as poets or as, uh, or somebody who just dabbles in music and comes up with uh, with little tunes and wants to share them with the world. So that's what we are all about, really, to be honest with you, you know, deep down, uh, I'm about enabling as many people as possible to express themselves using voice. That's the, the core thing here. And how do you incorporate then the visual component, you know, like visual? And is it Amazon Alexa, yeah. Alexa presentation language uh-huh. and all that? No, I, I, I am not. I think I think um, the notion that voice is is video minus visual is mis- misconceived in the, sen- in the following sense. Right. Sure. Um, in the following sense. So uh, old time radio, right? And they, and it's coming back, like you know, like I don't know, the like things like uh, um, radio soap operas, you know, and uh, I don't know, Bonanza or Friday, or whatever they call it, I Spy, right? Yeah. There, there used to be in in, in the fifties, sixties, maybe early sixties, there were shows that were purely audio, and the forties was the heyday. Yeah. Now when you listen to those. Um, it's not like oh, I wish there was a picture. No, no. I I want it exactly like that. I want to hear the voice. I want to hear the acting. It and I can close my eyes. I can be there and visualize then, it your way. Visualize it your way. So there is something 
uh, that you know, the medium uh, stands on its own two feet of voice, right? So we're not about, it's not like, oh, next step is going to be, how do we add uh, visual? No, no, we are about voice and voice only. And that's the only thing we're going to do ever. We're just going to go deep into voice. We're going to enable people. Because I'll tell you what, um, I, uh, I sometimes uh, want to say something, but I don't want to be on camera because of my, my, I'm having a bad hair day or the yeah. light is not right, right? <laughs> But I want to I want to talk, right? So, uh, an example of of where uh, uh, less is more, because this is less is more in some cases, right? Is for instance asking my customers for testimonial, mm-hmm. right? By voice. If I ask my customers, can you send me a video testimonial? Uh, they will probably do it, but it would be a burden. Um, but I have asked them for voice testimonial and say, can you go here and just say a couple of nice things? Like within 10 minutes, they're done. They go, they don't even script it. They say, Amir is the best guy in the world, his company, you know, whatever, right? And you can go to our website, you can hear what people said. And if you listen to what people said, you can hear that they didn't script anything. They just spoke spontaneously. And who knows how they looked when they did that, but I don't care. I care only about what they say, right? Uh, so there is that component of it's an easy ask. It's easy to uh, enable more people to to speak. They speak without being self-conscious of how they look and so forth. No, I agree. And I and what I like about that voice, because it brings us back to our, our senses, our five senses. And we can get into yes. even the intuitive yes. sense, because yes. it's kind of like voice can be very provocative. It's seductive. It's, it's engaging. Yes. And it allows us to tune yes. into the visual component, which again, unleashes, I think, our intuitive ability to be able to see yes. things and figure yes. out what's on the other side of, of the uh, yeah. the microphone, so to speak. Exactly. So, exactly. I, think, so yeah. I think that's pretty. But anyway, I think you're quite the genius. So I'm going to go back <laughs> into, you know, do you consider yourself you know, being an intuitive person, because I think creativity and intuition are like kissing cousins. You can't have one without the other. So all this creativity and, and all these, you know, ideas that you have, how does your intuition come in? I mean, or do you just sort of say, oh, that's just, you know, just another way of thinking. I don't even pay attention to it. No, no, intuition, I think, uh, I mean, intuition, one has to realize that there is something called intuition because one has to listen to one's intuition and not ignore it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning... You cannot get too systematic, uh, you, you know, uh, to a point where you're not listening to your gut. Um, so, for example, um, you know, uh, many years ago, I sort of wisened up to the existence of this thing, um, uh, your, your intuition, um, and I acted on it in the following way. Um, I realized that my intuition was 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 suppressed. Things that were things that my gut was telling me. We're sort of suppressed by a lot of noise, the noise of every day, doing things, doing things, being busy, 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 right? Yeah. And so uh, I had to be, I had to be uh, deliberate, and I decided, and I, I, I have this practice which I think made a big difference um, in enabling me to act or to detect and listen to my gut. Is when I wake up, and I wake up early. I wake up around four o'clock, four thirty in the morning, and the first half hour, first half hour, forty-five minutes. I just have my coffee and I have a piece of paper, uh, and at that at that time there's there's no noise. Your mind has been rest is uh, you know is is clear, and a lot of very important stuff comes up, and you have a sense of perspective that you don't have when you're busy. Things that are important that uh, damn I should have done or obligations, uh, ideas come up, um, a sense of priority comes up. Um, that during that window I force myself not to do anything but have a piece of paper and just jot down. 
what comes up. Listen to my gut. Listen to my intuition. Oh, wow. So you are intuitive. You admit to being intuitive. <laughs> I do. I do. I do admit uh, to being intuitive and to the, to the extent that I'm, I, um, I take it very seriously, right? And it's, intuitive doesn't mean like impulsive. It just means that listen to, your, to the things that your brain has figured out yeah. um, for you. It's like it's there. It's treasure. Uh, give it, give it the space uh, and the time to come up and 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 listen to it, right? Because otherwise, you can go. For, I, I'm telling you, you can go for years and years and years, and you don't listen to your intuition because you're just too busy. You have too many things to do, and you and all the bandwidth is spent on solving problems. But are you solving the right problems? Are you doing the right things? That's where intuition comes in, I think. Yeah, very well, very well done. Let's talk about the power of sound. Yeah. Now you know, and I know, and I love this. NFT market right now. It's super hot. You created launched, which again, I think is super cool. Audio NFTs. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, NFTs, um, NFTs are part of this movement um, in the, the crypto movement, right? The crypto movement, you know, the Bitcoin and all that, that, um, that uh, a lot of people, you know, are very suspicious about it's like, what is this thing and so forth, right? Now, uh, it is, it is a good thing to be suspicious of, of things that are new. It's very healthy, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I remember there was a lot of suspicion about the internet, about the web, and so forth. Nothing that was healthy. Um, so, number one, be suspicious of things that are new. Number two, NFTs, um, they do solve some specific problems, right? I think right now we are, we are in the phase where people are using NFTs for, like, buying, uh, you know, paying millions of dollars for some GIF or whatever, right? I think those are outliers. I think I think very soon... People will see that NFTs will solve problems of, for example, ticketing, right? Where you, you want to make sure that your ticket is, is a valid ticket. And, and if you want to sell your ticket to somebody else, that, um, you know, that person doesn't get swindled by by somebody selling them the wrong. So it solves a lot of things like that because it allows for um, non-fungibility, meaning it allows for singularity or saying that this thing is unique in a world, the digital world, which is all about easier replication, right? right. So the problem of scarcity um, is hard to solve, and NFT is one of the solutions for it. Now, NFTs up to this point have been mainly visual, right? So you see all these uh, visual art things and all that, maybe videos, but the audio component of it has not been promoted much. And so what we have done is we said, well, we are about audio. We've been about audio for the longest time. We are not an NFT company, but NFT is just a technology. The people who are our customers are folks like musicians, folks like um, you know voice artists, voice actors, for, uh, folks like comedians. These are people who use voice and language to make their living, and they have and they create content. And that content they want to just like people who are creating uh, visual things, they want to monetize it. And uh, you know all these folks they have. They have people who believe in them, like a comedian has fans, a rock band has fans, right? A musician has fans. And those fans, when, you know, when the artist is in the early phases, you know, those fans, they want this, um, this artist to succeed, right? But they don't have many ways, right, uh, to help them. Here's a way where they can, when they, if they buy an NFT from that artist, um, they are doing two things. They are providing them with dollars so that they can survive, they can pay their rent and so on and keep on doing their art. But also they are investing in them because if that artist becomes somebody in the future, that NFT that they bought for two hundred dollars might be worth twenty thousand dollars, right? right. Um, um, in 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 a, in a world that is going to be very different from our current world, a world where the digital, the metaverse, and all that is going to be a lot more prominent than where we are. 
Just like our world today with social media is very different from the world of the year 2000. We didn't have Twitter, we didn't have none of that. We couldn't even imagine any of that, right, back then. But now, you know, it, uh, we are in this world. I think we're going to be in a world where where uh, the digital digital property, like an NFT is a digital property, is going to be worth money, real money. Um, and then uh, uh, this this um, these audio NFTs are are a uh, sort of a a niche a niche a niche um, a niche a niche fo- a focus on on the NFT world for audio folks. Now let me ask you this: So you're talking about like people that are kind of well known that are getting into uh, audio NFT. What about uh, people that are sort of new artists trying to find you know their space or make their mark in the world? I have a friend that likes to write poetry about cats. And, you know, I told her, well, you could write a book, but that's not going to really go anywhere. And we all know how much work it takes just to promote that kind of thing. So what do you think about her doing this a cat poem and, and using it for an audio NFT? And what, are, what is the valuable component of that? Is it the mm-hmm. person's voice, their, their dialect, maybe it's an accent, mm-hmm. or is it the actual content in itself? And I guess it would just be a one-of-a-kind type of an mm-hmm. NFT. You can't mm-hmm. do multiple ones. No, you can do multiple ones. You can do four or five, you can, as long as it's not infinite, right? So, meaning you can issue five, right? Uh, so let's say let's take the example of your. Uh, I, I love this use the, this example. Uh, so this is a real person. Yes, yes, it's a real person. Yeah. <laughs> she like she to, likes to write these cat poems. They're real cute and everything, you know. I'd like <laughs> to talk to her because because I don't know a lot of people who write. Uh, is it a? It must be a hobby. So anyway, so let's just go. <laughs> let's take that example. <clears throat> So she could um, she could recite them, right? She could right. recite them in her own voice, right? Right. Um, it would be a, a sound file um, for let's say let's say she's doing it on Wittlingo. So she would have an account, and it would be um, a collection of hers, and she could publish them. She could publish them as a microcast, for example. But she could also each episode she could say, "I'm going to create uh, two NFTs for each episode, right? Uh, I'm going to put it on the marketplace. So our marketplace is going to be launched." Right now, we are getting we're do, doing things for people, um, you know, as as a service. It's going to be a product. So it's going to be a whole marketplace where she can showcase her NFT and so on. Um, and she uh, and if uh, if and if she start, people will say this is an interesting, right? And 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 she may sell it for I don't know. She starts with hundred bucks, right? Um, hundred bucks is the beauty, right? Hundred bucks, but um, she will always get a cut when some when her thing gets sold, right? So she gets hundred bucks. Let's say next year somebody somehow who is crazy about cats says, I love this collection. I'm going to buy all of them. I'm going to pay $1,000 for each. So whoever bought it from her is going to get $1,000, but she's going to get a cut. She's going to get like 10% or 20%. I think 20% is the is what we're doing in terms of uh, in terms of allowing for – she gets 20%. At some point, let's say one of them becomes a million dollars, right? Somebody who bought it, sold it for a million dollars, she's going to get a cut, yeah. right? Now imagine the current world where I am a starving artist. I paint, right? Uh-huh. Nobody. Somebody buys it for 500 bucks. I'm ecstatic. 500 bucks. I can pay, you know, half or a quarter of the rent for my room, whatever, right? Um, and then, and then I continue. I just need to churn, churn, churn. Hopefully, at some point. But that five, let's say five years from now, ten years from now, I become a big artist, right? Or let's say five years from ten from now, I didn't make any and I die, right? Yeah. And then, and then my paintings become this sensation, right? And the person who bought it for 500, 500 bucks is selling it for a million dollars. I get my family gets nothing. That's not fair. No. Like, like, uh, like Van Gogh. Nobody in his, uh, in his, uh, nobody in his family got a cent from any of them of the paintings they are selling, right? 
Um, and that's not fair at all, right? Now, in her case, right, uh, or anyone who, who, who gets an NFT, they'll be able to, um, you know, to showcase it, sell it, but also get a cut. Now, to answer your question, also, what, do, what, do, what are they buying, right? Are they buying yeah. the right to the audio? Are they, no, they're not buying the rights to the audio. They're not buying anything other than a, a statement, in essence, that says this thing here that you see here, which is called an NFT, this here, which was issued by this artist, and it's verified that it was issued by this artist, and this here thing, which has this content, this here, uh, I'm selling you that thing, right? That it's a digital property. Um, and then they can, and, and so, it's a, so when somebody says that this thing was sold to me by, what's the, what, what's the first name of your friend? Uh, Mickey. Mickey, sold to me by Mickey, right? Um, and Mickey become, you know, becomes a sensation in five years, right? Right. fact that I have something from Mickey from the year 2022, and this is, let's say, 2030, um, I own it. And somebody out there who has millions of dollars says, I want to own, I want to get that, please, right? I want to take, can you, can you, can you sell it to me for 50K, right? Now, it's happening today. People are paying that kind of money for stupid things, right? Yeah. Um, uh, people have bought uh, Jack Dorsey, who's the CEO of uh, Twitter. Somebody bought their thing for $3.6 million. And yeah. that thing was the, the, an NFT of the very first tweet. It's not that tweet. It's not the right to the tweet. It's an NFT, meaning I transacted with Jack Dorsey, who sold me his NFT for $3.5 million. I have now that. Would you the guy who has endless money, would you like to buy it for $20 million? Somebody's going to say, I want to buy it. I want to own. I want to be the guy who says, I own uh, Jack Dorsey's NFT. So anyway, the point is this. To the extent that people believe in NFTs, to that extent, these NFTs are going to be worth something. Just exactly the same thing as to the extent that we believe that these pieces of paper, these are just pieces of paper that have numbers one or ten or written on them. To the extent we believe that these are worth something, yeah. I'll be able to give them to somebody who's going to take them, who's going to give me stuff. Not to the extent that we believe in NFTs, it's going to happen. To the extent that people don't believe in them, they won't happen. So it's like any other currency, right? Um, and there's nothing, there's nothing specific about it. The only thing that's important here is the fact that you can verify certain things about it. You can verify that this NFT is real. That it was issued by so and so because it's in the it's in the um, you know it's in the uh, what do you call it the ledger and basically the ledger is just basically a big database that can verify multiple databases that can verify uh, that this particular thing was issued by this particular person this particular date and here's the audio or whatever it may be and that thing exists and is valued by by the market. Um, it's hard, I think, for people to understand, but uh, if you start, if you take a step back and think about all the things that are used for transactions, they are all based on faith. We all agree that this thing is worth something and therefore let's transact. As soon as somebody, as, as soon as, as a currency loses, means this is worthless then they can't do much with that currency. So back on the NFTs, and you are the creator through Witlingo on mm -hmm. audio NFT. So if a person wants to launch their audio NFT, do they go to the witlingo.com website mm -hmm. and then you, you guide them where to do that and what the format mm -hmm. is and all that type mm -hmm. of thing? Yeah, exactly. So what they do is they create an account. The way we make money, we don't make money off uh, like charging people to make NFTs. We make money off you are on our platform. You can use all these features. You can use a microcast and so forth, and there are different tiers, right? 
And then you can also, um, through our platform, mint your NFTs. And we do, <clears throat> we enable folks to do something called lazy minting. So let me explain. Sure. If you minting, if you mint something, there's something called a gas fee. And it's not that we charge or anyone. It's just how it works, right? Because these uh, these crypto things, they require work by computers out there um, to create what is called a ledger, create all these coins and so on. And so there's a gas fee. Uh, and the gas fee is, it varies. It could be $20, could be $60, could be $100. varies actually very, it's fluctuating. It's one of the problems that are being solved by, by the crypto world is getting that gas fee to be as minimal as possible. In any case, Somebody today, if you go to a marketplace out there, allows you to mint NFTs, but they allow you to mint, they're not focused on, on audio like we are. Um, what happens is you have to pay a gas fee um, and then you put it in the marketplace. What we do is we enable folks to do what is called lazy minting, which is uh, you mint it, but there is no fee. You don't pay anything except for your account with Lingo, which could be $9.95 a month or $19.95 a month, something very reasonable. But... You pay only when somebody wants to buy. So somebody says, yeah. I want to buy from you. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So you're going to give me a hundred bucks. I'm going to pay 20 bucks. Not to us, right? Again, it's to the, the, um, the, the ether there, the, you know, the, uh, the, <clears throat> the crypto world, right? They pay that gas fee. Uh, now it makes sense because they, they came on top, right? Um, so that's, that's an important thing that we are, that we are enabling our customers to do is they can create as many of these as they want, uh, uh, but they don't have to pay gas fees for them until um, somebody wants to buy at which point they pay the gas fees and again those fees are not us we're not charging them it's those fees they happen no matter what platform you're at what we're doing is we're enabling people to create audio um, you know create properties about the audio um, you know put it in the marketplace have people want to look at it and then when they want to buy then they can they, they can transact find out about how they can create audio nfts and you know it's the future i mean it's yeah this part of like as you say that whole meta universe will probably explode i, I think so i think we, we there, there's a i don't think we can imagine yet just what's going to happen over the next 10 to 20 years yeah for sure now here's something interesting i stumbled on yesterday when i was looking at your linkedin account you mm -hmm. had this very innovative kind of biography, if you will. And I love it so much. I hope I can do it for myself in, in the coming sure. weeks. And I think everybody <laughs> should do it on their LinkedIn. I mean, this is the <laughs> coolest way to get to know somebody, you know. And you have a, uh, in other words, listeners can hear you on Alexa by saying, I'm going to uh -huh. have to, Alexa's going to speak in a second, so I have to time this. Alexa, enable Ahmed talking. Uh-huh. And so it opened up yesterday, last night when I was uh, doing my uh -huh. prep work, and I thought it was very nifty. You have the visuals. Obviously, you implemented uh -huh. uh, Alexa presentation language uh -huh. in that. And uh -huh. I thought that the whole conversation, I could ask these questions, <laughs> and I asked the question, and it was very, you know, conversational. I'd get a different visual from it, and I uh -huh. could find out a little bit about, you know, your work and all that. But because yeah. I'm a foodie and I like to I like to cook and bake and all that, <laughs> so one of my questions was, what kind of food does Ahmed like? And, uh -huh. it, and it kept defaulting into the kind of music you like. Music. So you need to change okay, well, that. <laughs> Discovery. No, definitely. So I'm going to go right now after this. I'm going to go and record an answer to that. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, but... that, so that you know that uh, what I like are, uh, you know, pizza and uh, what do I like? Pizza and, uh, yeah, pizza and uh, um, uh, curly fries uh, from uh, Arby's. 
<laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the Coley Prize, you can't beat those. But anyway, it was super interesting because you get to have this sort of intimate, very uh, informal yeah. conversation about, you know, the kind of music you like and yeah, always have a little personal question. So if you're out there and you want to explore this type of an Amazon Alexa yeah. Uh, to promote you and your bio and your summary, you know, check out uh, Ahmed talking and it'll give I'm you talking. a visual idea and uh, <laughs> go to Whitlingo to have it done or better still, you can come to Studio Content. Yeah. We could probably do it for less money and everybody should have that. I mean, I, I, I want to do it. Let's, I think let's I do think it. It's let's, cool. do it. Let's, let's do Victoria talking or whatever you want to call it. Actually, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Then it, uh, it's a bunch of, uh, you know, like, uh, what, I don't know, 10 questions. Just yeah. record them. And then boom, uh, you can have folks listen because you know when you when you talk, you, you can hear the person's character. I think more when they when you hear their voice, right? Uh, right, because it's personal, and it, you can tell. Like if you're if you're if a company's looking to interview you, let's say people are scouring yeah. LinkedIn or whatever, yeah. and they get to have this little audio. A, you're in yeah. a very comfortable place, yes, and you're not yes. going to be nervous necessarily, yes. and so you're going to come across <laughs> more personable. So yeah. I think it's a it's a huge asset for people that yeah uh, want to yeah. put out. And the company, Thanks. you know, think if you're going to use it professionally, of course, you want to put out all the stuff that relates to your professional side. And yeah. um, I think it's a um, it's a great way, and I'm sure it doesn't cost that much money to have it done. So no, no, it does not. It's not. It's uh, we've productized everything, so everything is basically almost uh, self-service. Um, like you just record your audios, and actually you create an account, you record your audios, and then you're done, and it just works, right? It's like that. Right. Um, as easy as that. Yeah, we should definitely do one for you. So anyway, we've been talking about companies and, and really focusing on audio, which is really great. So, but you believe that companies should have a marketing strategy strategy for audio. Yeah, absolutely, definitely you should because, well, um, like like we were talking, people are using their voice a lot more um, than before. They're gotten used to. I mean, uh, Amazon has gotten Amazon Echo has uh, uh, gotten them used to being able to ask for things. So now they're asking for things um, in terms of when they're shopping. Uh, they're asking for things when they're driving, you know, and, and so, yeah, um, you definitely need to have a voice strategy and voice strategy that, that sort of touches on many things. First of all, search, but also leverage the audio. The fact that people now, <clears throat> you know, this AirPod thing just took off, you know, I think the last three, four years, you know, it's just, just a hockey stick. If you look at the numbers, everybody who has an iPhone has not an AirPod. And so people are now um are moving towards what is called screenless, screenless, right? And the people are not looking at screens anymore. Uh, they're still looking at screens in the right places, right? When they are you know, in front of their laptops or they have the iPhone and they're, but when they are in situations where the screen is just not something that they can use or they don't want to use, I don't know, they're walking, for example. You're walking on the street and uh, walking your dog and, and you don't want to be looking at a phone. You want to you just tap your AirPod and ask for something, right? Um, so imagine somebody's looking for something. They they get to your website. Imagine in that website, there's, there's something we're working on right now. Say, so take me to, you know, whatever website, right? They go there and, and and then it greets them. Say, hello, you know, what do you want to do? And well, I want to find out about your prices. Okay, well, you have three packages, A, B, and C, and these are pricing, these are the features. And you can hear, you can hear where it makes sense, right? Again, um, it is not... It is not a uh, the proposition is not that one thing will replace another. The proposition is that there are now more situations where the technology has gotten us to a point where people can do things in an efficient way without having to look at the screen. It's not like voice is going to replace anything. Voice is just going to fill those gaps where the screen 
uh, was not an option uh, for you. Um, and now voice is uh, because it has gotten to a point where it's it's uh, it's performing. Well, Ahmed, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, have spent some time and, and learn all about Witlingo. And I encourage anybody to, you know, explore the website it's, and, and figure out about uh, getting your own NFT and, and just having your own audio on a flash briefing and getting it out Absolutely. there. Because they seem to do it all for you. You don't have to do anything except record it. And, uh, record it and click, click a button and then log out and go back to your life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that. And you'll be out there engaging with your audience and expanding it at the same time. So, very good. All right. Until next time, have a good day. Thank you, Thank you for sharing your time today to listen to my conversation with Dr. Ahmed Buzet. He is the founder and CEO of Witlingo. They build products and solutions that enable brands to engage with their clients and prospects using voice, audio, and conversational AI. Check out Witlingo.com. Enjoy the day.